www.brfcs.com. By the fans. For the fans. Since 1996. Welcome to this BRFCS podcast special on the resignation of Steve Keane as manager of Blackburn Rovers. I'm Wen Waihu, the BRFCS editor, and with me in the virtual studio today to discuss the events surrounding the departure of arguably the worst manager in the history of our club, and indisputably the most loathed manager in the history of our club, is our chief reporter, PA-accredited journalist, Cami. Later in the podcast, we're hopefully going to be joined by one or two Rovers fans for their reactions and comments and to talk about Steve Keane's replacement. But first of all, let's hear from Cammy about the last two weeks in the circus that Blackburn Rovers has become. Hello, Cammy, How are you? I'm fine, Ben. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, great news over the weekend. Yeah, we can, after I think three aborted attempts over the last 12 months, we can do a a Steve Keane sacking stroke resignation podcast. Uh, each time we've been thwarted by Mrs D in in in, in the last twelve months, but uh, thankfully we now can talk about you know Steve Keane leaving the club. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, it's uh, it was always in my mind going to be a, um, a long drawn out affair. Um, now uh, we can actually go back in the Leicester saga to before the Barnsley match. Um, rather amazingly, um, we we had news that uh, if he'd lost the Barnsley match, that uh, he could have been sacked there and then. Um, could, could you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, it was actually after the Barnsley game. Uh, I had a text from uh, a very very good source uh, who said um, we, we won two one with Nuno Gomez uh, scoring in the last five minutes. Uh, and my source said uh, that Keane was literally five minutes away from, from the sack, uh, to which I said, pardon. Uh, he said, my source said that basically uh, if we'd even drawn that game, it was it was likely that Steve, would, Steve Keane would be sacked. Um, so, you know, coming away from Barnsley, I was thinking that that's weird because we're top of the table. Uh, and with that point, he could still have made his points target, you know, the 16 points that he needed, he could still have got there, um, you know, with that win. Uh, so I found that a bit bizarre. Um, so the following Thursday, so the day before the Middlesbrough game, uh, a number of sources uh, came to me and said that if we lost to to Middlesbrough on, on, on that Friday night, then uh, Steve Keane would be sacked. Uh, these were very, very reliable sources who are very, very rarely wrong, and they were they weren't even talking it about it as he might be sacked. They were saying that he will be sacked. Um, so going into the Middlesbrough game, um, I was sort of fully aware that Steve Keane's, you know, he was pretty much uh, that match would decide his future. If he won, uh, he'd have got to his points target and would have been in quite a strong position, I think, uh, to, to remain as manager for the time being. Uh, obviously, if we lost, then then is, you know, according to these sources, uh, Steve Keane would be sacked. Now, Mr. Balaji and Mr. Venkatesh have long been after uh, sacking Steve Keane, but uh, what you're saying is that Mrs. Desai had also signed off the sacking uh, in advance of the Middlesbrough match. Uh, no. Uh, she hadn't signed it, signed it off. It would, it would be uh, these sources were saying that there would be uh, discussions and people like you know the two brothers Venkatesh and Balaji, uh, Shebi I assume would be involved. Uh, would would urgently decide in the strongest possible terms uh, to to remove Steve Keane. So nothing had been signed off uh, before the Middlesbrough game, but uh, people in and around Venkis uh, were very, very confident that they could uh, get her to agree uh, to, 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 to sack Steve Keane. Now, presumably, this goes back to the May meeting uh, where uh, allegedly a points total was agreed uh, for the seven first matches of the new season. Um, now, what you're saying is that essentially Mrs Desai couldn't go back on her word. Is that right? 
Yeah, I think that was going to be the argument of the people wanting Keane out, that he had agreed to to whatever target it was, um, and that if he didn't meet that target, um, then then he would be sacked. Um, that it, it gave them a, a you know compelling argument, should I say, uh, to to get rid of him because you know if he's if he'd allegedly agreed to this target, then then they could argue that he hadn't met it and he should be removed. Um, so so that that was one thing. Uh, the big thing this time round was uh, in previous years, uh, Steve Keen, Paul Agnew, etc., were the ones that the owners were talking to. Uh, so you know, even when we got relegated, there was they were being told you know whatever version of events uh, you know these guys wanted to put out there. Uh, I'm not saying they were lying about things. We don't know what what was being talked about. But since Shebby has come in, he's the one who's been communicating with the owners and explaining to them uh, in in very basic terms uh, you know how fans are feeling um, and and the performances that have been going on on the pitch uh, you know he's been sat with the brothers uh, during games and he's like for example the Bristol City game we won 5-3 but I'm sure he was able to explain to him that that wasn't a very good performance. Uh, yes, we've got the three points, but um, our performance in that game was, was abysmal in the second half against a team who was likely to struggle this year. Um, so so I think that combination of factors is points target, Chevy there, telling them you know what the fans were feeling um, and um, basically saying, look, you know these performances aren't good, uh, was having an impact. But the biggest thing I've been told that was in, impacting them was attendances. Um, I think the Middlesbrough attendance and the Barnsley attendance uh, uh, was the thing that tipped Venkis over in terms of actually sacking him uh, he, or wanting to sack him. Because uh, we'd spent money in the summer, you know, spent £8 million on Jordan Rhodes on transfer deadline day. Uh, the team were top of the league uh, going into the Barnsley game. Um, and uh, and the Middlesbrough game, we were top of the league um, and and you know winning games. And the owners have been told that if you start winning games and uh, you spend money, the fans will come flocking back. And that didn't happen. Um, you know, even at the Barnsley game when we were two one up, when we scored the second goal, the fans were still shouting "Keen out!" or "We're top of the league and we still want Keen out." So I think the attendance is. Uh, rather than improving, we're actually going the other way, uh, and I think that's what eventually tipped them over um, in, in, into wanting to move Steaky. So you already knew about uh, the, the the coming sacking uh, of Steve Keane, did you? Uh, yeah. Um, so so what happened was after the Middlesbrough game, I had a number of text messages straight after the game saying uh, that you know Steve Keane's going to be sacked. Steve Keane's going to be sacked. Uh, um, so you know on Friday evening, well, like, it was night actually. So uh, that was Friday night. On Saturday morning, uh, when I woke up, um, I had a, a text message from um, my contact in Pune, who was saying that the owners were going to meet um, later that day. And the only thing that they're going to be discussing is the future of Steve Keane. Uh, so at that point, I still wasn't, I wasn't, you know, uh, optimistic that he'd be sacked because we'd been here before. Uh, so, you know, they had their meeting and it all went quiet. Uh, and then around about nine o'clock in the evening, um, I had a, a, um, a message from um, a very, very senior source uh, who, who informed me that the decision to uh, uh, remove Steve Keane as manager had been made um, and and to which I said what all the owners have agreed uh, and my source said yes uh, the decision uh, to remove Steve Keane as manager has been made and that on Sunday um, um, Steve Keane uh, will be informed of that decision um, um, and, and uh, a statement will be released so on Sunday um um, again, and I was told to keep all of this quiet um, because um, you know the club wanted to break the news um, in their own controlled manner, and I believe some other journalists uh, also had had the same story. And obviously, we were talking between ourselves, checking you know what we had and whether it was consistent, and it was. So during the day Sunday, uh, again, everything went quiet. 
um, and and you know we were uh, the people who knew what was happening were uh, getting various different kinds of information. But again, we're all pointing towards uh, Steve Keen having been removed as manager. Uh, um, you know, I can't confirm or 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 not whether a meeting between. Keen and Shebby or whoever or the directors had taken place uh, during Sunday, but I assumed it had because late Sunday evening, um, around again about eight nine o'clock, uh, uh, I was informed by senior sources that uh, it all been done and that a press statement would be released um, on Monday morning. Subsequently, it transpires that uh, you know reading. Twitter and a few other message boards that the press statement had already been drawn up on on Sunday night, um, and again I was told to keep all of this confidential. So so that's what I did. Um, I didn't mention to anyone, but as you could guess, it's pretty exciting at the stage that uh, finally uh, you know we were look, we were on the cusp of getting rid of Steve Keen. Uh, as I was about to bed, uh, I started getting loads of text messages from from friends saying. Oh, Steve Keen's been sacked. Steve Keen's been sacked, and I thought, oh, someone's leaked, leaked story. Uh, so again, I went on to BRFCS and I saw that Alison, um, I think, had done a story. Chris Wheeler uh, at the Daily Mail had done a story, and obviously Andy Cry had done a story um, on Sunday night. Uh, again, just confirming, but his story was that Keen was on the brink of being sacked. Um, while the other two were saying that he'd definitely been sacked. Uh, at which point I saw the story got so we started to thread on BRFCS and uh, answered some questions that people had. Um, and, you know, I was fully expecting him uh, to be sacked on, on Monday morning, uh, as were uh, a number of other journalists who'd put their name to these stories. So it was first broken by Alan Nixon, or was it Chris Wheeler of the Mail who, who broke it? I think it was... All of at the same time ish, uh, around about half ten, you know, when the newspapers get updated or yeah. they hear websites get updated about ten thirty. And I think it was around about the same time all those websites got um, um, updated. Um, I think it's Chris Wheeler's story that went up first, um, closely followed by uh, uh, Alan's and by Andy's. Right. And so at that stage, it was felt that um, it was a done deal. Yeah, I mean, as you know, uh, when I never ever run a story such as this on our message boards if I'm not 100% uh, confident in, in, it, in it being true and happening. Uh, and that's why, um, you know, I took the decision um, to, to run it because, you know, I, I was very, very sure of, of our source of information and as were the other journalists, so... Uh, you know, we all felt that um, it was a done deal. Um, at that point, I wasn't aware of any press statement uh, being in existence. I knew they were going to release one in the morning, but I wasn't aware of it being in existence. Uh, uh, but, you know, it, everyone felt that that was it. It was a done deal. Yeah. The BRFCS uh, message board was absolutely chock-a-block on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, we had server problems and in fact we were moving over to a new server at the time uh, so it was absolute chaos um, everyone was uh, feeding off di different rumours and what have you uh, but we got to Monday and um, everyone's thinking and you know celebrating and thinking he's, he's about to be sacked uh, and then we had this major turnaround yeah um like I said, I was told Monday morning uh, the first thing really uh, that would happen would be a, a, a statement released um, by Rovers, um, and you know I was I was like expecting something at half eight nine nine o'clock, um, and nothing happened. Ten o'clock came, and uh, nothing happened, and I started to get nervous then because uh, we were told that it was a priority thing uh, that was going to be done. Uh, around about 11 o'clock, I was told Steve Keane was at the training ground uh, and was going to take training. Um, and again, that's when I started to um, started to think, oh, there's something really wrong here. Uh, at that point, I rang uh, one of my really good contacts in Pune, and uh, he informed me that um, that he was hearing whispers that the decision to sack Steve Keane 
had been postponed at the very, very last minute. Uh, subsequently, it does that's been backed up by people uh, in and around the club. Uh, it looks like it was a very, very, very last minute like thing uh, that was done, and and obviously uh, the speculation is that it was Mrs. Desai um, who um, basically um, put a stop um, to the 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 press statement going out on Monday, um, at which point, um, obviously, when I became aware of this information, um, I posted on my Twitter feed um, and on, on BRFCS uh, that uh, Steve Keane wouldn't be sacked on Monday and the decision had been postponed, possibly even cancelled. Um, uh, and obviously, after that, it was total and meltdown, I think. Yeah. Now, uh, just to get this right... Um, Steve Keane was told that he, he would be sacked and I, I believe there was an offer of a, a youth development role perhaps and he has then refused to accept that sacking, is that correct? Uh, we don't know, we don't know what happened uh, when to be honest uh, and it'd be, it would, it's hard to speculate exactly what the reasons were for the postponement of, of Keane's uh, sacking um, you know, it I, I find it hard to believe uh, that he refused to walk. Uh, but, you know, Alan Nixon, who's been spot on on this story, uh, reported that they wanted him to come to India and he refused to go to India. Uh, um, Nick Harris, uh, Sporting Intelligence website, uh, actually ran a story on Friday evening, uh, before uh, a couple of hours before Keane resigned, uh, saying that he'd been told, and, you know, his sources are superb, uh, he'd been told that the reason Keane hadn't been sacked was because Mrs. Desai uh, was convinced by Steve Keane's wife, Margaret Keane, uh, not to sack Steve Keane. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Nick has put his name to that story and put it on the Sporting Intelligence website that Mrs. Desai blocked the, 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 sign, uh, the sacking of Steve Keane at the last minute uh, due to... Um, uh, a phone call conversation with with Margaret Keane, Steve Keane's wife, um, but you know no one's a hundred percent sure as to why the the sacking was postponed, still blocked. Um, but what did happen was on Tuesday, Wednesday, um, I start I was hearing that it hadn't been cancelled, and Steve Keane being sacked was very much on the cards, and that if it wasn't done by the weekend, it would be done early this week uh, when Balogun. Was coming over. Um, he's been um, f- um, celebrating the uh, Hindu festival of Ganesh uh, over the last week or so, uh, but that finished uh, yesterday. Um, so he was due across here um, early this week anyway. And, and I was being told that when he arrived, he would would um, sack Steve Keane personally. Yeah. So on Monday. Um, Steve Keane has turned up for training. He's taken first first team uh, down at Brockhall training. Um, Maybe seen as an act of defiance. Um, he's then at uh, Lee for the Everton reserves match. Uh, Rovers play their, their their home matches for the reserves at uh, at Lee now, uh, and he was seen there uh, along with Chevy. Uh, Steve Keane apparently was in hospitality. Uh, Shebby was sat down with the fans. Uh, apparently, Shebby was pretty downhearted uh, at the time and uh, uh, rather disillusioned, uh, according to reports. Uh, and then during the week, uh, you're saying that uh, uh, Shebby has kept a, a low profile and, and just waited for uh, for the for the um, for the wheels that were set in motion to uh, uh, to, to take their course. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one's heard. He did a couple of press interviews uh, on the Tuesday, uh, in which he was saying he was giving mixed messages. Um, one of them, he said he would definitely was against that. The other one, he was saying attendances are are um, very very poor, uh, and they were a big concern. And then on the BBC, he was not, he was asked uh, whether uh, Steve Keane would be sacked, and he said no comment. Uh, so he was giving different messages uh, to, to different media outlets um, and again that was adding to the confusion 
Uh, but the fact that you know he he said no comment to uh, Steve Keen's uh, being sacked or not uh, again gave people hope that it was it was uh, just a matter of days or weeks before Keen would be removed. And then on the Friday they've been on the way down to London uh, for the uh, Charlton match. Uh, reports suggest that uh, Steve Keen went down with the team. Uh, did, did you hear that as well? Friday was very, very, very bizarre uh, because we had the Keen presser in the morning uh, where uh, he was saying, uh, actually it was quite interesting because at that press conference, for the first time ever, he, he didn't say that the owners back him 100%. Uh, what he said was that the directors, so he didn't even say that he talked to the owners um, um, direct. Uh, he said the directors, which I assume were Agnew and Shaw, had talked to the owners and that the conversation had been positive and constructive. Uh, but he stopped short of saying that the owners have backed 110% and it's business as usual. Uh, it's the kind of thing he has said previously where when there's been his job under threat, he would say, I've talked to the owners and the owners backed me 110% and there's absolutely no question whatsoever of being, me being sacked. He didn't go that far. Um, I was at the press conference, but uh, journalists that were there were telling me afterwards that uh, there was something weird going on. Uh, it wasn't the normal Keen. His body language was not that of of the normal Steve Keen that you see. Uh, he, he looked nervous and a bit hesitant. Uh, obviously, watching the interviews, none of that came across. But um, you know, all the journalists that were there were all texting me to say that there's some something not right here. Um, he he didn't look his normal, confident self. Uh, but obviously, we all assumed. Uh, that um, you know, uh, Keane wouldn't be sacked, and you'd be in charge uh, on 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 Saturday against Charlton. Uh, and but you know, I was getting pretty confident that he would be sacked next week. I was at a vet of all places uh, around about uh, seven o'clock, and I had a text message uh, from someone um, saying Keane had resigned. Um, so I thought that can't be right. So. I checked Twitter and there was nothing there. Uh, I was just about to ring uh, somebody and my Twitter refreshed and uh, Charlotte Jackson, um, Sky Sports News anchor, news anchor, tweeted, Steve Keane resigns. Uh, at which point I hugged a random stranger <laughs> in the, um, and started ringing, you know, uh, first uh, um, Andy Cryer, uh, who was at an Oswald Twistle uh, chip and was rushing back to the Telegraph because uh, he'd been told that you know um, uh, Keen Keen had had resigned, uh, and then I rang a few other people and they were all uh, in various states of uh, of celebration really uh, that Keen had gone, and you know you know what the reason for him going uh, is unclear, but the rumours are that uh, he'd possibly be being offered uh, a severance package of eight months. That's what his contract uh, what was, was uh, you know, his eight months that are remaining. And he had accepted that, and that he possibly uh, may have been facing being put on gardening leave uh, next week uh, if, he hadn't, you know, if he hadn't accepted that package. Um, speculation is that he's resigned, and his statement um, you know, that he's released says that his position became untenable, which suggests that he's going to go uh, for constructive dismissal. So, you know, that'll be uh, aimed at getting him a bigger payout than uh, the, you know, possibly what Benkies were offering you. Uh, so, so that's going to take its course over the next few weeks, I think. Um, but, you know, it's just huge, huge relief on Friday evening uh, that he'd finally gone and um, honestly, uh, uh, I talked a lot on Friday, and it was like we'd won the, the league. The celebrations, uh, the relief, uh, the tears, we even cried uh, that, that this man had left our football club. Um, and, you know, I was the same. I was absolutely buzzing on Friday night. I think Philip uh, had another conversation with me at the time. Uh, he, you know, I was just completely buzzing that uh, he'd finally gone and, and the club has the opportunity to move forward. 
Yeah. Obviously, you were sleeping through all of this when... Pardon? I said, obviously, while this was all going on, I assume you were in bed. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I was sleeping all through this, and uh, I didn't find out about it until I read your email message. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't work out why he'd resigned. Bizarre. Yeah. But uh, fantastic news. Yeah, so the following day, um, um, Eric Black was asked to take over, and uh, uh, he led led the team for the uh, Charlton match. Um, there's uh, apparently been a little bit of a problem between Black and Givet on uh, on Saturday during the uh, half time. Apparently, uh, there was some kind of uh, um, problem. Do, do you know anything about that? Uh, no, I've, I've heard the same thing, but to be honest, it's uh, without knowing exactly what's happened, it would be uh, wrong wrong to talk about it. But there does seem to be have been a problem between uh, Black and 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 Jive. Um, but um, I think some of the uh, uh, you know journalists, I think Andy might have the full story. But um, to be honest, I don't know exactly what has happened, so it'd be wrong uh, to talk about something. Um, it'd just be guessing. Uh, so probably better just to leave it um, and, and see what comes out tomorrow. So Steve Keane has now left. Um, do you, do you see uh, any further departures? Uh, for example, uh, Eric Black, um, maybe on the uh, director side, uh, Paul Agnew, Derek Shaw. Obviously, the playing side will will be down to the new manager uh, as to whether he wants to retain those coaches or whether he wants to bring his own team in. Uh, off the pitch, um, Paul Agnew uh, was very, very close um, to um, Steve Keane. Uh, I don't think he's as close to, to Shebby, so there'll be a big question mark uh, regarding his future. And then there's Dead Shaw, who was, I think, bought in by um, Paul Agnew. So if Agnew went, then I'm assuming that Derek Shaw would follow. Uh, so I've told that what might happen now is uh, now that Keane's gone, there might be a full restructure of the club. Uh, so we may see uh, a chief executive coming in, uh, a director of football coming in, even a managing director coming in, and uh, there'd be a complete restructure of the club. Uh, so there could be people within the club moving to more senior positions, uh, um, you know, Shebby's role might change. Um, uh, not not that it'll be any less influential, but his job title might change. Um, so I think the plan is to possibly not only appoint a new manager, but to completely restructure the way the club runs. Um, so I think there could be lots of comings and goings over the the next two or three weeks uh, as they try to this club and get it running uh, like a proper football club yeah uh, it was quite interesting that uh, Derek Shaw uh, was completely in the dark with regard to uh, Steve Keane's resignation I, I, I'm not surprised <laughs> uh, there were very few people who knew about Steve Keane resignation uh, um, obviously my feelings about Steve Keane are well known to people uh, his time uh, of Resignation, to be frank, it, it sucks. Uh, uh, you know, it shows the contempt he held us with, or the club with, that he he quit uh, before a very very important league game. You know, ju- just less than a day before the game actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure the players, you know, you know, you, you know, if you're the manager, you could have done this after the game, uh, but he did it. Slap bang, seven in the evening before a vital league came um, so I'm sure that was designed for maximum disruption uh, yes position was untenable but it was untenable on Wednesday Thursday it was untenable on Friday morning when he did his press conference it didn't just become untenable uh, over Friday afternoon uh, so so I'm sure that caused some disruption with the players but uh, they showed a lot of fighting spirit yesterday uh, the performance was nowhere near as good you know it's been we carried on with a poor performance really Uh, but at least they dug in and and they got a point in the end yeah now 
moving on to the future, uh, next manager, do you have any ideas uh, who's been talked about? Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a meeting uh, tomorrow morning, um, and I think Derek Shaw's going to be involved in this meeting along with Chevy uh, and and some of the other staff at Ewood, and I assume the owners are going to be in uh, via conference link, uh, and I think the plan is for the brothers still to come across this week, even though Keane's gone. Uh, I think the plan for them is to come across this week. The big problem that we've got now uh, is convincing a manager who's based in the game here in the UK to, to join Rovers. Uh, Benke's reputation within football, in the UK in particular, is, is gutter. Uh, so we're going to have some task uh, if we're going to go for a manager based in the UK to, to convince them to become the new manager, purely down to the reputation of the owners. Uh, I think Balaji and Venkatesh are going to have to come across and convince the new manager that they that they will you know that working for Rovers is a good move for them career wise. Uh, if they can do that, then they've got plenty going for them in terms of the squad is pretty good. I think compared to other championship clubs, or someone coming in will look at that and say, well, actually, there's a good chance of getting this this mob up. Uh, they've spent money in the summer, which is good. And rightly or wrongly, uh, a person coming in would see that they back their manager. You know, Steve Keane was in charge for what, 18 months? Would you say when, or a bit, bit longer than that? 21 months, I think. 21 months, there you go. Time for uh, eyes. Uh, of pretty poor results, to be honest, you know, throughout his uh, tenure, and yet they carried on backing him. Uh, what the reason for backing him were, obviously, that's open to debate, but someone from outside looking in would say, well, Look, this manager had a very, very poor win percentage. Every fan wanted him out, and they still continue to back him. Uh, so, so that might be appealing to to, to some managers. Um, who it is um, in the summer? As I said in the previous podcast, Balaji was hot on Holloway and Carl uh, Robinson from the MK Dons. Uh, Venkatesh uh, was was wanting um, uh, Kirbyshire. Um, so that was in the summer. Now that Chevy's here, obviously he'll play uh, a big role in, in identifying the new manager. Uh, my sources have told me that the favourite at the moment is either Tim Sherwood uh, with an experienced manager such as Joe Jordan coming in, uh, an experienced assistant manager, sorry, or Alan Shearer, um, who would most likely bring Mike Newell in with him. So those two seem to be the early favourites. Uh, someone, and I don't know who, is advising Chebby to go for Flitcroft, Janssen and Craig Short combination. Flitcroft and Janssen, I think, are uh, at Chorley. I'm, I'm not sure if Short's involved there. Uh, that would be complete and utter madness, I think. Uh, uh, they've I've seen Chorley play, um, and, um, you know, the jump from non-league football to the championship uh, would be too big, too big for them. Uh, so hopefully uh, that madness doesn't continue. Yeah. Now, in the past, uh, the Rovers could call on uh, John Williams and Tom Finn uh, in the search for uh, a new manager. Um, do you think that they'll uh, look around for a similar, uh, similar level uh, of experience uh, when they're asking for advice? Uh, I hope so. Um, I don't mind admitting on this podcast. Uh, I've told Shebby personally that he shouldn't listen to any journalists. He shouldn't listen to any fans. Uh, what he should do is talk to experienced people within the game, so football people, and get their advice. Um, I've said to him, ring Alex Ferguson up. And if he doesn't want to do it, get someone at the club he trusts to do it. Uh, and he'll help. Uh, he's done it with other clubs. And uh, I know I know David Meeks, uh, who's uh, Fergie's uh, biographer, and he's told me a number of times he does have a soft spot for Blackburn. Uh, I know we were championship rivals, etc. in 95 and when Jack was around, uh, but he does have a soft spot for Blackburn. So, you know, they should ring him. He'll advise. There's plenty of other very, very experienced people in the game who, if you ring, will be only too happy uh, to, to, to talk to you. People like Gordon Taylor, I know he's PFA, but he, he knows the game very well. Jimmy Armfield, he'd help. 
there's n- numerous people with lots of football experience who are in the game, who know that what they're talking about, uh, they should be uh, contacted. Uh, at the club, unfortunately, there isn't anyone, I think, who's capable of, of uh, giving that advice. Derek Shaw's been around for a very, very long time, uh, but whether he's able to appoint a proper manager, I have my doubts. Uh, Paul Agnew is a PR person, so uh, no chance. Uh, Karen Silk is finance, so no chance. Robinson, possibly. What the, the secretary was brought in from Liverpool, but I don't know what involvement he had on that side of things at Liverpool. So within the club, there isn't really anyone I think that can advise him. But outside the club, uh, don't talk to fans or, or journalists. We don't know what we're talking about really. Uh, what you need to do is talk to uh, football people, experienced football people. They'll help you. They'll advise you, and and take it from there. Yeah, sound advice. Well, thanks ever so much for taking us through that little lot. The last two weeks has been absolutely breathless for all Blackburn Rovers fans. Um, it's 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 great that uh, Steve Keane has finally gone, although um, uh, rather typically, even though he's resigned, uh, there's still some afters in terms of uh, uh, legal uh, aspects of his um, uh, leaving the club but um, I think the the next ne- next stage is uh, cleaning cleaning up the back the back room staff uh, in terms of uh, uh, getting the management structure again uh, right again uh, and on the field uh, getting in a manager who can organize a, a football team for the time being though um, we've got uh, the Wolves home match uh, to look forward to uh, next weekend. Uh, we're away to Forest ahead of that, but um, there's uh, going to be a bit of a party atmosphere at the Wolves match, I think. Yeah, um, from what I, I'm told, um, ticket sales for Wolves game have been really, really good. Uh, people were having to queue 30 minutes on the on the telephones yesterday and uh, same at the club shop and at the club shop in the town centre uh, there were ticket sales were brisk uh, so I think the attendance against Wolves will be hugely improved on on, on what was uh, the attendance against Middlesbrough again that will give Shebby a lot of kudos with the owners because he's told the owners that if Steve Keane was removed as manager the fans would come flocking back um, we are going to get a very good attendance against Wolves so again the owners that will give Shebby a lot of uh, um, kudos that yeah he said this and this is exactly what has happened so um, obviously everyone's looking forward to Saturday we have Forest on Tuesday that will be a very hard game um, they're, they're really good at home um, but you know um, hopefully Black uh, can do some work with the players today and Monday and uh, you know he can start um, the the process of undoing the disorganised mess that Steve Keane had created um, it's going to take time but the good thing is we're on we're still in the you know we've got we're in a very good position uh, so a new manager does have a bit of leeway uh, um, we've got the points on the table so someone coming in uh, does have a couple of uh, a bit of you know leeway in terms of um, what what they're going to do with this team yeah um, now on the subject of uh, party uh, party time at Wolves match, um, Ralphino from the BRFCS forum uh, has this last week been uh, trying to get something together for a, 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 an advert in the Lancashire Telegraph uh, to, uh, to to call for a boycott of of, of the Wolves match. Uh, now that Steve Keane has resigned, it's turned into a, a, an advert in the Lancashire Telegraph. Uh, to come along and support the team. Uh, fantastic uh, effort from Mal- Ralphino there, and uh, uh, just hope that uh, he he, uh, he gets a good response uh, to to his advert, and that we see uh, a brilliant twenty thousand plus Rovers fans down at Ewood for for the Wolves match. 
another interesting uh, thread uh, on the BRFCS forum at the moment is the where were you when Steve Keane resigned thread. I don't know if you've seen it, but some pretty funny, funny ones in there. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and on Twitter as well. Uh, absolutely uh, fantastic. And, and that's the kind of effect that he's had on on, on, on the sporting ship that this is a landmark moment <laughs> in our club's recent history uh, and and you know it's a, it just shows how we've all been hurting you know uh, you know no manager has survived this long uh, when fans have wanted him out so strongly uh, so so yeah uh, I mean that's fabulous uh, um, same with uh, Twitter people posting people I've talked to. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so we've got uh, a few fans uh, online at the moment uh, who are going to talk to us. Uh, first of all, uh, are you there, Philip? Yes, I am indeed. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, Keane's gone. Yeah, absolutely elated about it. Um, and, you know, his disappearance was a bit like the Dance of the Seven Veils. Um, you know, we got heads up that he was going, 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 and then finally, when he was gone, it was almost beyond belief. I mean, I got a um, a, a uh, text message uh, from a, a 1864 Rover Rides, as it happened, who told me that he'd gone. And I, uh, I thought, well, uh, yeah, my immediate reaction was not to believe it, and I thought, well, if it's coming from him, then it must be true. <laughs> um, so absolutely ecstatic, and uh, I'm coming up for the Wolves game, and I think that uh, certainly the pre-match atmosphere is going to be party, party, party. I think one thing to remember about that Wolves game is look at them. They are, uh, I think, in the automatic promotion slots at the moment. Uh, Wolves usually bring a lot of travellers, so I would think that uh, you know, a 20,000 gate is going to be assured, and Wolves could easily have three or 4,000 there themselves. Uh, so quite apart from the keen out party, um, this is a massive game with regards to automatic promotion. Yeah. And uh, what were you actually doing when you when you got the text from 1864 at Rover I, I was I was just simply working at my PC. <laughs> Nothing dramatic. That's why I've not contributed to the um, uh, to that thread because <laughs> I was just simply sitting there and, and my um, my my Samsung S3 went boop and uh, I looked down and I saw he's gone. <laughs> no, it was Keane's gone. That was it. And, I, and they say uh, that I, I, I had a, uh, a second look at who'd sent it. And I thought, well, he must have. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, Cammy was uh, in a laundrette and ended up hugging a, a, a remote, uh, remote. <laughs> Remotely known stranger, I think it was. A random person. A random stranger, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Great. And, well, uh, I, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't going to hug my, uh, uh, my my mobile phone, but uh, if anyone had been around, they'd have got a hug. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, I think also Bobby G uh, from the forum is online. Uh, Bobby, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. So, um, what what do you make of it all? <sighs> I really have no idea where to start. All I can say is thank God, at least one part of this nightmare is over. I was uh, I was at home and I was just watching TV on a Friday night and then uh, my Twitter feed updated and I just, I, I thought I just saw the name Keen resigns and I didn't make anything of it. Then I looked closer and I saw it. Sky Sports News, Charlotte Jackson, I think it was, had said that Steve Keen has resigned, more to come. And then I was like, how the hell did this happen? Just a few minutes, I mean, earlier that day he had a press conference and he seemed uh, less uh, upbeat than usual, but I wouldn't have expected he was going to resign. So uh, it was an amazing surprise and I've been on cloud number nine since then. <laughs> yeah. Have you do done any partying? Uh, I called a lot of people, a lot of people who knew what how uh, a Rovers fan was suffering. So uh, first person I called was my brother, actually. He was in London. I called him up and I said, did you hear about it? And he was like, yes. And he was like, why did it happen? I was like, who cares why it happened? The fact that it's happened is all that matters right now. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, wh whereabouts are you? You, you were in... Uh 
Dubai, uh, last time we spoke, I think. You, I'm, I'm actually in Oman right now, so uh, it's not that far away from Dubai, but I'm here on business, so uh, I'll be here for a while. Right, yeah. Have you managed to uh, keep up with, uh, with the Rovers while you've been on your travels? Seen, seen any matches? <laughs> Yes, well, uh, over here in the Middle East, Al Jazeera Sports uh, broadcasts whatever Sky shows in terms of the championship. So I've uh, seen a couple of our games. Middlesbrough was one and Leicester was the other because uh, they've been broadcast in the UK. Otherwise, I've uh, subscribed to uh, the Rovers online uh, app, which shows highlights and stuff. So. Uh, I'm keeping up in terms of watching our highlights, although there's not been much highlights to be honest. But uh, at least it keeps us up to uh, up to speed with what's going on. And obviously, you guys and uh, Cami, Andy Cryer, and everyone else have been great in reporting what's going on in terms of the club. Yeah, great. Well, hopefully you'll be able to see the uh, Wolves match uh, one way or another and uh, uh, savor the atmosphere. I definitely, I look for, even if I don't, I've been listening to our games on the radio, which takes me back to in time for about 15 years before TV and uh, internet uh, took over. So I've been listening to every single game on radio, and it's even more depressing and watching uh, at something in the Premier League against an Arsenal or whoever. <laughs> Babak, um, there's speculation that Tim Sherwood could be the new manager. I believe you've met him. I, I did. Uh, when I was in London about, let me see, it was maybe about nine months ago or so. It was early early 2012 and I was visiting London and he came into, I was actually in Zuma during the afternoon and he came in with uh, his kids and I caught a glimpse and I was like, uh, I was with my friends and they know how big of a Blackburn Rovers fan I am. So. They were like, who are you looking at? And I was like, this guy was our captain when we won the Premier League like X years ago. So they're like, why don't you talk to him? And I felt a little bit shy initially, but uh, then I went up to him and he was very nice. And uh, I think he spent about 20 minutes or 20 good minutes easily talking to me about football as well as the club, what he thought of the club. At that point, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, uncertainty in terms of uh, alleged agents and their roles with the club and all that and uh, he was also talking about Samba when they were linked with him he said that uh, at the time he said I really don't know why Harry is obsessed with Samba because I think we have Basong and he's just as good but Harry doesn't seem to like Basong and uh, he wants Samba and uh, he talked about uh, how he keeps up with the club and it's still the best club I've heard him say this on TV many times it's the best club he's ever played for even though it wasn't the biggest um, he was worried about the club and he's like everyone in the Premier League to be honest they see Blackburn going down the way things are so uh, there was at that point there was no uh, hint of the fact that we could be kind of uh, our, our paths would meet again but uh, I had a very good impression of him and he's a regular pundit on Al Jazeera Sports he's very straight talking he doesn't sit on the fence he says exactly what people are thinking in the way that uh, if you notice pundits come on TV and they're very diplomatic and politically correct but he is actually one of the few that criticizes players who no matter how big they are criticizes managers if they've made mistakes praises people when it's justified including his own players I've not. I've uh, I've heard him uh, criticize and praise Tottenham players uh, uh, many times on Al Jazeera Sports. So the vibe I have from him is a positive one. I know he's highly rated within the Spurs setup as well. So personally speaking, I know it's a risk, but uh, considering that the other ch the other alternatives, even the safer ones like Kerbishley, I see very limited progress in terms of how how far we can go ahead with someone like Kirbishley or Mick McCarthy. They'll be safe hands, but uh, I feel a little bit of excitement and wondering what can be is something that Rovers fans may want. So I would be supporting Tim Sherwood's appointment if it works out. So, Philip, um, Tim Sherwood's been mentioned. Uh, what do you make of him? Well, um, I... I know he's very highly regarded at Tottenham, and you know my slight reservations are twofold. One is that we've um, previously appointed a coach 
to the manager's position and look what happened with Steve Keane. The other one is I'm very nervous to see uh, one particular reporter um, who is extremely close and gets all the good scoops from, uh, shall we say, the Jerome Anderson camp is um, saying that it's going to be uh, Tim Sherwood. I just wonder, you know, uh, are we um, still under that shadow? Um, so th- those would be my um, reservations. Um, you know, I, I, I've had the great pleasure of uh, meeting Tim's father on many occasions, and, and Pete Sherwood is an absolute gentleman. Um, I've, um, beyond sort of nodding hellos, I've, I've never spoken with Tim. Um, my reaction at the moment is slightly that, uh, for once, I hope that Balaji's um, predilection for bling comes into play. Um, you know, names like Klinsmann and Reichardt have been um, knocked around in the past, and um, personally, I I wouldn't have a problem at all with either of those two gentlemen taking over at Rovers. I mean, it really depends on whether Balaji is still dreaming those sorts of big dreams. It's um, it's no secret that the money which is coming to Rovers is Balaji's personal money and um, yeah, the question now is really on the finances uh, there's no doubt that the um, uh, the Venkis didn't uh, budget for this very effective fans boycott which let's face it has been contributory to getting rid of Keane um, now I really hope there's a huge crowd against Wolves because hopefully that will give Balaji the confidence uh, that if he's got in mind to get a really um, a, a superstar manager, uh, then he will go and do it. Um, the other thing which I, I, I would say is uh, for whoever comes in, I think uh, it's not only the worry with regards to um, the Venkis uh, and the way that they run the club, but um, you know, we've got to chalk this one in terms of Keane's departure down to the fans. And once fans get the taste of blood, if things don't work out well for the new manager, then uh, you know the fans will be quickly um, on the back of the new manager, and that's absolutely inevitable. You know, so um, therefore, this is, I think, an absolute critical appointment. It's a critical appointment in terms of um, getting a good start. It's a critical appointment in terms of restructuring. The the club and also financially it's a critical appointment because we've got to go up this season uh, you know, and, and I don't think anybody should be under any delusions um, that that's not the case Yeah. Um, now uh, there have been a number of others uh, in the past who've been associated with us uh, under uh, Bellagi and Venkatesh Kami, uh, um, who, who have you heard about? Uh, the name I'd like to th- throw into the to the ring would be Rafa Benitez of all people. Uh, Rafa is still uh, based in, in Ellesmere Port, which is just outside Liverpool. Um, he's I know looking for a job, but uh, and he wants to stay in the UK because his his wife, uh, who's the one who wears the trousers in the Benitez household, uh, uh, likes that area and and doesn't want to move. Uh, so you know, if we approached him. And, and this would be a very long shot. Uh, if he was given certain guarantees, if we offered a good financial package, including uh, a good promotion bonus, then we might stand a chance because he wants a job which is commutable from, from where he lives, and Blackburn would definitely be that. Uh, there aren't any Premier League jobs in the Northwest that are about to come up. Uh, so if, we, and this is a big if, if he was offered some certain guarantees if he was offered a good financial package including uh, a biggish kind of promotion bonus then I seriously believe we could have a chance of persuading him uh, to become the Rovers manager only because uh, he wants to desperately get back in the into the game Guillaume Balaguer who's very close to, to Rafa has told me this a number of times and that he'd prefer to get a job in the UK preferably as close to uh, his his family home in Liverpool uh, as as possible. Yeah. Bye bye, Philip. What would you think about Rafa? Uh, I, I I'd be delighted. Yeah, I would be as well, but I don't consider it realistic. If Rafa Benitez is a viable candidate, he would be at the top of my list uh, for sure. 
he's a, he's a good manager. He might not have the charisma that really turns us on when we watch him on TV, but uh, there's no doubt he's a top-class manager and tactically he's very astute. So I would definitely take him. But for, for me, it's uh, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves in terms that uh, I mean, Klinsman, he's the U.S. national team manager. There's no chance that he would leave that job and come to Blackburn. Rijkaard is with Saudi Arabia. Mm, who knows? They didn't qualify to the world. Uh, they, they've been knocked out already from the World Cup qualification campaign. So you never know, but it would be a huge compensation. But someone like Benitez, he is available, so he may be viable. If he is, I would take him. Otherwise, when it comes to the rest of the candidates, it's people like Kirvishly, Ian Dowie, and the usual suspects. I would be tempted to take a risk on Tim Sherwood's uh, uh, with, with Tim Sherwood. So, uh, but if it's a Rafa Benitez, then why not? Who would say no to that? And what would all three of you make of uh, a Shearer Mike Newell combination? Um, I personally would not want to go after uh, Alan Shearer. He's turned us down in a way twice before. I have my reservations in terms of uh, how he feels about us anyway. Uh, his first stint with Newcastle wasn't that good and everyone knows Ian Dowie wore, uh, put a lot of, uh, let's say brought a lot into that partnership at any rate. So I'm not, I'm not too keen. I would be far more uh, in favor of Tim Sherwood than Alan Shearer. Yeah, I, I would echo that of um, what, what Babak has just said. I mean, I have a great deal of respect for uh, Mike Newell's achievements uh, as a manager, but uh, Mike is a little bit of a uh, loose cannon in other ways. And finally, from me to you three, the other one that's been mooted, uh, well, Glenn Mullen uh, on, on Twitter has been asking for opinions uh, of a short Gary Flitcroft and Matt Janssen combination. Well, I love all three as um, Rovers players, um, but I, um, I I think Craig Short is an interesting one, but I think Craig uh, Craig's experience in the um, Football League was a little bit too short. Uh, the other two are completely unproven at this level. Um, you know, sorry, um, um, yeah, love you all, but no thanks. <laughs> I would I would pretty much say what uh, Philip said in that regard. Uh, I mean, um, a bit inexperienced. We're going to get sentimental. Why don't we add two guys to the list as well? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be that keen. I mean, Sherwood is someone who's worked closely with Redknapp. He's worked in the Tottenham setup, which has been in and around the Champions League for the last few years. He's dealt with big name players, so he, I feel that. He, even though he hasn't managed per se, I feel he's been in and around the top quality setup for a while, and uh, it may be a risk, more of a calculated risk than someone like uh, Short, uh, Flipcroft, and Janssen, however much they were uh, their legends, let's say, for the club. I mean, if we're going to go for, for um, ex players, then I would say Michel Salgado. Yeah, we're getting very sentimental then. Yeah, he's extremely. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I would take Michelle o o over the other three. Yeah. A Michelle Salgado two-guy combination. How's that? Well, uh, <laughs> it would be entertaining. <laughs> the thing with two guys is he'd walk back to the club tomorrow. If so, and, and, and so would Michelle. I'm sure. Yeah. I think those two guys, you know. Far, far more than than uh, Fletty Janssen, <laughs> you know, they, they would really bring something. <laughs> if we could have got Fatih Terim and Tugay to come in, I mean, Fatih Terim is obviously a legend at Galatasaray, but that would be one hell of a combination. Exactly. Z definitely. Tugay probably apply for the job, and I'm not joking. Uh, I've talked sure. with, uh, with Shebi straight away. Uh, he's tried to come back under Keane. Uh, a number of times, uh, he'd he'd come back to the club tomorrow, and I'd, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's already thrown his name into the ring. How would you feel about that, Cami? I mean, uh, he's he's been in the coaching setup at Galatasaray, and he's working on the Fatih Terim. But as a manager, uh, how would you feel? Uh, I mean, to be honest, he's 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 done his apprenticeship, and uh, if we're going after Sherwood. Then someone like Two Guy would be just as good, I think. Uh, he loves the club. He's very passionate. Uh, I've heard good things about him at Galatasaray. He is being lined up as possibly uh, the next Galatasaray manager. But 
uh, you know, he would much prefer uh, to be back at Rovers because this is his club. You know, he loves the club. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a risk. It's like a risk, a bit like Sherwood. But I agree with your comments about Sherwood. He's very highly rated. Uh, for me, Sherwood two-guy combination would be perfect. Probably would, but two. I, I don't think there's any ex-player that would get the crowd on his side more than two guy. I mean, even Shearer. I mean, people have reservations about his management, but I think two guy would literally get the whole town uh, behind him. Yeah, uh, and and he he knows that as well. That he he he's you know a legend uh, with our club. Uh, so two guy you know would be absolutely brilliant uh, with a Michel Salgado as an maybe uh, assistant manager or something. But like I said, we it's fantasy world at the moment. Uh, yeah. I, I you know I think we'll end up with possibly Sherwood uh, and uh, an experienced guy like Joe Jordan uh, with him. Um, and, and, and you know that that would be my guess. Sherwood as manager with a very very experienced assistant manager. Yeah. Well, for me, um, I'd uh, forget the sentiment and uh, I'd go for experience. We've been through 21 months plus of turmoil. Uh, the organisation behind the scenes is terrible. Organisation on the pitch is non-existent. Uh, I think it really needs a, a pair of old hands to, uh, uh, to mould the club uh, into something uh, more befitting of, uh, of uh, Blackburn Rovers Football Club. So, for now, I'd uh, I'd just go for uh, stability and experience. Now, bringing in uh, you know one of these uh, Rovers legends as a as an assistant is fantastic. But uh, personally, I'd uh, I'd go for the experience. I mean, uh, that what would be ideal would be someone like Sherwood with uh, Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp bought in as a manager, and Tim Sherwood uh, bought in as an assistant manager. With a with a some sort of guarantee that he would get the job in a couple of years' time, not going to happen. But that kind of settle, I agree, would be the more sensible way forward. Yeah. But yeah. what about Alan Kerbishley? How how does everyone feel about Alan Kerbishley? The problem I have with Alan Kerbishley is I think he's a he he was a very 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 good manager, and I know Venkatesh talked to him uh, in June July time. Um, so you know he's definitely Venkatesh's choice, uh, but the problem is he's been out of the game for such a very very long time, uh, you know. And, and I just worry, you know, being away for I think it's been three years now since he last match. That my big worry uh, about about someone like um, Alan Kerbishley, uh, Mick McCarthy, the other one that will be linked heavily. Uh, again, I think Mick will be brilliant. Uh, in terms of getting the club out of the the championship because he's done it before, uh, but he's not the kind of manager who can then take you to the next level. Should we be looking at that next level from now in disappointment? I mean, Wen has made a good point in terms of we need... Uh, uh, we're all trying to dream and think of Tim Sherwood, for example, taking us back to the Premier League and then maybe pushing for a top 10 finish, etc. But should we be looking that far ahead right now or be happy with a safe pair of hands like Mick McCarthy, get us up and deal with whatever happens next afterwards? No, I agree. I mean, all those other names are just fantasy, really. But uh, if we look at it serious from a footballing point of view, and you know, when if and I hope Shebby does talk to football people, they'll all tell him to go with the experienced man. So someone like uh, Mick McCarthy, Kirbishley, uh, Graham Souness, uh, you know, someone like that got lots of experience, uh, knows how to get results in the championship and how to get teams to back up. Uh, you know that. We need uh, really if we go up, get experienced manager, maybe bring a younger guy with him, go up, and then, like you said, Babak, worry about what happens next once we've actually got promoted. Mm-hmm. But the good thing, what we do have is, I think we compared to most the other or all the other championship squads, I think we've got the best squad in terms of depth. Uh, yeah, we lack in certain positions, but in terms of number and uh, quality relative to all the other championship sides, I think uh, we've got uh, the best squad or one of the best squads. And all we now need is someone to organise the team. If we do that, then our quality uh, will will come to the fore. Uh, You know, we've managed to pick up 15 points with playing absolute 
turgid, rubbish football, disorganised football. I mean, if Keane, of all people, can pick 14 points up in this league, then just imagine what a proper manager would do. Yeah, exactly my, my feelings. I completely agree. Just one thing which I would say is, um, seriously, um, we've got to keep an eye on that financial situation. Um, and um, so, yeah, the corollary of getting out of the league is also um, that we've got to put um, a, re- re- a restructure ourselves in terms of the coaching, in terms of um, the scouting, and of the uh, academy, because um, you know it wasn't that evident. But Keane's tenure has done unbelievable damage on the uh, the back room of uh, Rovers. Um, we had a sensational setup. Uh, uh, under Sam and Keane has pretty well destroyed the whole damn lot. So I would be looking to a manager who's capable of building again uh, on the back. Otherwise, uh, you know, any hope of uh, going up and staying up is, is going to be pie in the sky. Yeah. Very good. Well, thanks ever so much, guys, for the uh, different opinions and uh, the suggestions for new managers. Um, we're going to have to round off there. Um, just like to uh, um, make one or two small announcements. Uh, first of all, uh, the Rovers Trust has uh, been launched. Uh, that merges the BRST, the Blackburn Rovers Supporters Trust, and BRSIT, the Blackburn Rovers Supporters Investment Trust. Uh, we'll be having a podcast interview uh, with uh, Oz and Wayne Wilde um, coming shortly, uh, so watch out for that. Um, we've uh, had some uh, server problems uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, and um, we've actually been moving over to a new server. Uh, the new server is up and running now, and uh, it's, uh, it's able to handle the load uh, much, much better. Um, and also we've got a new podcast server, um, we were having terrible problems uh, with our uh, with our old server. Uh, it was taking several days for it to upload to the mirror servers. Um, thanks to uh, Biddy uh, and also to Glenn, um, we've uh, got a, this uh, this new podcast server set up, and uh, uh, Biddy's been doing fantastic work in the background, uh, setting uh, not just the server up. Uh, but also dealing with uh, uh, things like uh, uh, access for uh, mobile mobile uh, devices and what have you. So fantastic work from uh, Biddy, uh, and thanks also to Glenn for looking after things in the background there. Well, that's all we have time for uh, this week. Uh, thanks ever so much to uh, Cami. Thanks, Ren. And uh, thanks very much to uh, Philip. Yep, thanks. Uh, it's a very, very good uh, weekend. Yeah, it's great. And uh, thanks very much to uh, Bobby G for coming on. It's a pleasure, Wen. Thank you. Thank you ever so much for listening in. And uh, wherever you are, uh, we do hope you do take care. And uh, thank you very much.